out in the power of your Holy Spirit, bearing the fruits of the Spirit. So Lord, I pray that today you would open our ears. I pray that you would open our hearts to hear what your word has to say to us today and that you have given us your peace, that you have authority over the power of Satan. And when Satan is defeated, when he is vanquished, there is peace. So we thank you for this reality and fill us with this reality today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I welcome you here in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to Maple Park Church. It really is good to see each of you here. We, we believe that the Lord gathers us together by his Holy Spirit, that none of us are here by accident, but that he calls each and every one of us. He knows your name, and he's gathered us here together as the family of God so that we can lift our hearts to him and worship and also so that we can hear from him because he does speak to us. He speaks to us because he loves us. He loves us unconditionally. And I'm so grateful for that. So we're in a sermon series that's entitled The Fruit of the Spirit. And so far we've covered the fruit of love. We spent a month talking about love. Uh, we then spent a month talking about joy. We went to Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, and we talked about the fruit of joy. And now we are going to be talking about the fruit of peace, the fruit of peace. But as I have been thinking about the fruit of the Spirit in my life, I've been thinking my fruit isn't looking all that good. My fruit isn't looking all that good. And how many of you would say, yeah, my, my fruit isn't looking all that good either? So let's just review here. Love. First of all, love. How many of you have loved like Jesus at every moment this past week? Have you failed this past week to love like Jesus loves? What about joy? Have you been experiencing the, the fruit of joy in your life perfectly this past week? And now we're, we're talking about peace. Oh, man. The fruit of love, the fruit of joy, and the fruit of peace. My fruit isn't looking all that good. And today I, I, want, I want to, as before we begin getting into our text from, from, the, uh, gospel of, uh, from, from our gospel lesson today, I want to answer the question, why? Why is it? Why is it that we don't love perfectly or have perfect joy or have perfect peace in our lives? And then that's just three of the nine fruits of the Spirit, right? So we have what? I can't do math, but I think we have six more fruits to go, right? Why is it that we cannot live out this life which we have been called by Christ to live out? Well, there's, there's a, a, a Latin formula that's been given to us by theologians, and it goes this way. You want to bring it up on the screen, Alyssa? It's this. Now you're thinking, oh man, now I've got to learn Latin in church. Let me explain it to you. It's this term, simul 
justice et peccator. Who here has ever heard of that phrase? All right, perfect. You're going to learn something new today. Simul justice et peccator. Let's go ahead and go to the next slide. It literally means at the same time. Simul is where we get that word uh, in the English language, uh, uh, which means, uh, well, I can't remember now, but at the same time, we are righteous. We are righteous and sinner. So, so, so today you're, you're sitting here and you're wondering, why can I not produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life? Well, there is this reality that the Bible teaches us, and, that, and it's this, that we are simultaneously just, righteous, and sinner. Simultaneously sinner and saint. So even though we have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, we have the forgiveness of all of our sins, we still struggle with a sinful nature. And so that's why you don't always uh, love the way that Jesus has called you to love, or uh, that, that's why you don't always have the joy uh, which is yours in Christ, or the peace which is yours in Christ, because we are at the same time simultaneously righteous and sinner. So, so when you're not as loving or as joyful or as at peace as you should be in your Christian walk, it's a reminder to you that you still need Jesus. That you need the Lord Jesus Christ every day in your life. So you need Christ today. And it's through Christ alone. By His grace alone. That you can love. And have joy. And be at peace. So all mature believers, including the Apostle Paul, understood that without Jesus, we have no hope for salvation or to live the Christian life which we've been called to live in the gospel. So the key to bearing the fruit of the Spirit is Jesus. Only Jesus can do this work in you. So today we're going to talk about the fruit of peace. And there is no peace. There is no peace apart from Jesus Christ. There is no peace apart from Him. Sure, the, this world may offer us some neat, peaceful experiences. Maybe at a, at a beach, watching the sunset out at Edmonds Beach. It's a peaceful experience. Maybe up in the mountains. Peaceful experiences there. This, this world will give us some, some, some peaceful moments in, in, in the beautiful creation which God has given to us, but I'm talking about a peace which lasts not only today, but for eternity. And only Jesus can give to you today that peace. So let's go to his word. Would you please stand for the reading of our gospel lesson from Luke chapter 4 today? And I want you to notice how Jesus brings peace to a person who is tormented by evil spirits. So Luke chapter 4, verses 31 through 37. And he, that is Jesus, went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at Jesus' teaching. 
For his word possessed authority. And in the synagogue, there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, Ah, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, listen to this, be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, what is this word? Latch on to that phrase, or that question, what is this word? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about Jesus went out into every place in the surrounding region. Here ends the reading of our gospel lesson. You may be seated. So today the sermon is entitled, Peace. Peace and Jesus' authority over Satan. So the next uh, few weeks we're going to be looking at different accounts from Luke's gospel on how Jesus brings peace to real people going through real situations in life. So there are three points for the sermon today. Number one, demonic forces are active in our world. They are active in our world. So that's the first point I'm going to be talking about today. Number two, Jesus has authority. He has absolute authority over demonic spirits. And then the good news of the gospel for you today is this, is that Jesus speaks peace over your life. He speaks peace over your life. That's the kind of savior that he is today. You see, much of the discord that we experience in our world today, uh, in our churches, in our communities, and our families, uh, has to do with the activity of the enemy at work within our world. All right? So let's look at what Jesus teaches us about Satan. So we're going to be looking at a number of verses here throughout uh, the Gospels on what Jesus has to say about the activity of the enemy in our world. So, first of all, Satan seeks to destroy... And he speaks lies from John 8, 44. John 8, 44 says, uh, You are of your father the devil. He's speaking to the Pharisees. And your will is to do your father's desires. Now listen to this. He, that is Satan, was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So Satan seeks to destroy and he speaks lies. So we need to be very careful about what we're listening to or what we're consuming in our world today. Does it agree with God's word? So Satan seeks to destroy and he speaks lies. Satan snatches the truth of God's word from people's hearts. Matthew 13, 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. 
this is what was sown along the path. So that is the work of the enemy. He wants to snatch away from you the truth of who God is and of his word, which then robs us of our peace. Then from Matthew 13, 38 through 39, that Satan sows seeds of unbelief. He's the one who sows the seeds of unbelief. In the parable of the wheat and the tares, the field is the world and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. So he is the one who sows seeds of unbelief in our world. Here's the thing, church, that Satan desires above all else to separate us from Jesus. And how does he do this? He then, he he separates us. How he does that is he separates us from God's Word. And when we're separated from His Word, then we're separated from the life of Christ. And then we're separated from the love and the joy and the peace that are ours through Christ. Now the disciples, they didn't understand everything. If you read through the Gospels, you understand that, that the disciples really didn't get, they didn't get it, they didn't understand, for example, why Jesus had to go to Jerusalem to suffer and to die. There were a lot of things that they did not understand, but one thing that they grasped and that they understood is that Jesus possessed the words of everlasting life. They understood that. So going to John chapter 6, verses 66 through 69. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Some of you, if you don't know the the accounts of the gospel, uh, you, you don't know that there were disciples who who actually left Jesus. There were like something like uh, over 70 disciples that were following him, and many of them left Jesus. So Jesus then said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of what? Eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. So our only hope in this life for peace, not only peace today, but peace that's eternal, is in Jesus and in Jesus' word. One last verse, John 10.10. The thief... He comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus says that I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So so might I suggest that this abundant life is a life filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what the abundant life is. The abundant life isn't about living in luxury or having possessions or having money. You see, there, there are wealthy people, wealthy beyond our imagination, who live in anxiety every day. But there are poor people who live with the peace of God. 
So might I suggest that this abundant life is a life filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the life that Jesus gives. And Jesus promised His Holy Spirit. And with that comes the fruit of love, of joy, and of peace. We're grateful that Jesus has authority over demonic spirits. So I want us to look once again at our uh, gospel lesson from Luke. In the synagogue, there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ah, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Here's the authority. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. So when Jesus speaks, he speaks with authority over Satan. I want you to listen to this. We're not living in a world with two equal and opposing spiritual forces. Satan has no, he has absolutely no chance in defeating Jesus. As a matter of fact, as you read through the gospel lessons, you'll notice that every time Jesus comes into contact with an evil spirit or a demon, that demon bites the dust. These are not two equal and opposing spiritual forces. When Jesus speaks, he has absolute and total authority over the enemy. They're not on equal footing. And this reality, it it amazed the people at Capernaum. They asked, what is this word? What is this word? And we should be asking the same question. What is this word? What is this word? Well, first of all, this word is the word that spoke creation itself into existence. When Jesus spoke at the beginning, creation came into existence. John 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God. And listen to this, all things were, were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So when Jesus spoke, the universe came into existence. When Jesus speaks today, he has power and he has authority over your life. I'll just say one thing in application. When Jesus speaks, when God's word is presented, when you open the Bible, listen. Listen to it. For these are the words of eternal life. These are words of power. Listen to the Word of God. Listen to Him. 
Sometimes I feel like a broken record, you know, saying the same thing over and over again. Read the Word. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Open your Bible and read it. Underline it. Pray it. Memorize it. We need His Word every day. Are you going to understand everything you read in the Bible? No. There are passages that I still open up to and I read and I say, what in the world is this talking about? And I pull my big fancy books off the shelf and I open them up to try to figure it out. You're not going to understand everything you read in the Bible. But you have a lifetime to learn. And God will give you what you need each and every day as you open His Word and as you read His Word and as you pray His Word and as you memorize His Word. So read His Word. Study the Word of God with other Christians. We have opportunities here at Maple Park Church in which you can study the Word of God with other believers. So look at your bulletins or see what we have to offer here as far as getting into the Word of God. We need His Word. Why? Because Jesus speaks peace over your life. Jesus speaks peace over your life. Some might think that Jesus only speaks condemnation or judgment. Don't believe that for a second. Don't believe that for a second. Sure enough, we do need to be brought under the conviction of our sins. That's a good thing. But there's no need for us to remain in that place of feeling guilty and feeling like we're under God's judgment because there is a word. There is the word of grace. There's the word of the gospel. There's this word of peace. Your sins are forgiven. You have everlasting life. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. So don't live in that place of guilt and condemnation. Hear the word of the gospel which turns our anxiety into peace. I believe at the root of our anxiety in life is the brokenness of humanity, the sinfulness of humanity. And it's the reason why our world is filled with turmoil and war and pain and every other nasty things that, thing that causes our heart to not be able to rest in this world. It's because of the brokenness of humanity. And right now we're in the season of Lent. And Lent affords us an opportunity to look to the cross. So, so this morning I want us to look to the cross of Jesus Christ. And I, and I also want us to listen to the words that Jesus spoke from the cross. Because the words that Jesus spoke from the cross are the source of peace for you and for our world today. The first thing that Jesus spoke from the cross is from Luke chapter 23, verse 34. There is peace here. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You're forgiven. You are forgiven. You may ask the question, how in the world could, could God forgive me? of that, or for that. 
You are forgiven today, freely. Hear that word and let your hearts be at peace where you're sitting today. Jesus also spoke from the cross and he said this to the thief. You may not know this, but when Jesus was, uh, was put upon the cross, he was hung on the cross with two other criminals, one on his right and one on his left. One of the criminals mocked him. But the other criminal recognized that it's in Jesus. And Jesus was his only hope for salvation or everlasting life. And so what Jesus said to the thief on the cross, he said, Truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Church, that is peace. That is peace. It's not just a peace for today, where you're sitting today, but it's also a peace for eternity. You can know that your eternity is secure in Jesus. You can know that if today is your day, and you were to stand before the throne of God, that he would let you in with open arms. That is peace. Many people fear death. There's no need for you to fear death. Be at peace. The other words that Jesus spoke from the cross next, these words, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? These words give peace. Let me explain why. These words tell us that Jesus paid the price for your sins. These words of Jesus from the cross tell us that when he hung upon the cross, when Jesus hung upon the cross, he took all of your sin upon himself. He absorbed my sin and your sin and the sin of humanity. When Jesus hung upon the cross, he became guilty of the sin of the world. And at that moment, God the Father turned his back on his son because there, there hung the sin of humanity. That gives you peace today because you know that Christ came to pay the price, to pay the penalty for your sins. He suffered in your place. In exchange for your sin, laid upon Jesus on the cross, in exchange for, for your sin, he has given you his righteousness. This is what theologians call the great exchange. Our sins given to Jesus in exchange for our sins given to Jesus, we receive the forgiveness of sins, but more the very righteousness of Jesus. So when God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He sees the righteousness of Jesus, which has been given to you as a free gift. That is peace. That is peace. And then the final words of the cross, three words, it is finished. It is finished. Everything that needed to be accomplished for your salvation for your peace with God today, for your peace in life today, and for peace for eternity was accomplished for you upon the cross. 
When Jesus said it is finished, it was completely finished. It is done. The price was paid. Everything that is needed has been accomplished by Jesus Christ. So you don't need to do good works to earn God's favor. You don't need to do good works to earn a place in heaven or to be at peace with God. It is finished. By His life, by His death, and by His resurrection, it is finished. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. In your own strength, you can't do very much. But in being filled with the Holy Spirit, you can love. You can have joy. Is it perfect? No. And today you can be at peace. You can be at peace. Not in what you have done or in your ability to, to accomplish anything, but in Jesus Christ alone. Because you stand before God today. Holy. Righteous. Forgiven. And filled with the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Lord, we are so grateful. We are so grateful for what you have done. Today we have peace. Because upon the cross, Jesus crushed our enemy. The battle was finished. We thank you, Lord, for doing this. So Lord, when, we're, when our hearts are, are anxious when we fret over the things that are happening within our lives, within our world, Lord, lift our eyes to Jesus. Cause us to look to Him alone. Because it's in Him that we have peace. Peace today. And peace for eternity. Amen. This is a new song, so... As we learn it, feel free to join in.